Folks, we are getting down to the NHL trade deadline countdown. And with less than a week away, the Winnipeg Jets are waiting for something, uh, maybe some lightning to strike, maybe a massive surprise deal. We know that when the Jets like to keep things under wraps, we usually get a big surprise, sometimes great, sometimes not so great. We're going to dive into what the Jets might have in store for us and some surprising rumors and why it's now or never for the Jets if they want to chase ultimate glory. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On right now to get started. Before we kick off tonight's episode, just want to say sorry for my voice. Uh, I was apparently screaming last night at a concert, uh, so I actually did miss the Isles game, unfortunately. Apparently, I didn't miss that much. Jets really failed to score, which is kind of like a running theme with this team and part of why we've been talking about the Jets really needing to push all the chips in. But if my voice sounds a little crackly tonight, also allergies are uh, killing me right now. So apologies for that. But we're going to dive right into some really crazy stuff recently that's been talked about for the Jets, uh, especially as the trade deadline is getting really close. Right. So the Jets, <clears throat> amongst a lot of the NHL teams out there, there are people talking about Winnipeg as maybe the biggest sleeper of the trade deadline. And I said, you know, a couple of episodes ago, the Winnipeg Jets have the potential to be the kings of the trade deadline. Why? Because you look at their roster situation, you look at the cap, uh, you know, the cap rising over the next several years, not as much next year, but obviously after that, maybe a potential for some explosion in space and Winnipeg having as many expiring contracts as it does. Suddenly the Jets kind of seem like they're in a pattern where they might be able to uh, really turn over this roster and get good very quickly, similar to what the Blues are doing right now. St. Louis has uh, apparently been linked to Timo Meyer, which was a little bit out of left field. But when you think about it, not like super crazy because the Blues will have the cap space. They just traded away some of their expiring superstars. So <clears throat> you you see some genuine opportunity. And this is where a good GM can really make hay and turn a team from uh, a zero to a hero almost overnight. Now, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen for the Blues. I think they probably will have to be a little more cautious and make sure that they stack those futures. But for the Jets, right, Winnipeg's window is now, and one of the teams that they're being linked to is the Arizona Coyotes. Now, this kind of surprised me in some ways because, um, you know, Jakob Chikrin has been one of those targets for the Jets for many years I personally love Jakob. I think he's a really good offensive defender. Uh, I think he'll immediately upgrade Winnipeg's top four, probably 
bring a similar level of impact to somebody like Josh Morrissey. Maybe not as much on the point scoring. We'll see if that would translate for Winnipeg, but certainly in terms of offensive chance creation, uh, transition ability, puck carrying ability, this guy is the bee's knees. Now, that part, I guess I wasn't so surprised at. Uh, I mean, it is a little bit interesting to see the Jets being linked to Chikrin because, you know, the, the defense wasn't the first thing that came to mind with what the Jets really need help with. The name that's kind of popped up and that I think is very interesting is Nick Schmaltz. Schmaltz has like three or so years left. Uh, he's paid a, a bit over five mil. Um, and what you're getting with with Nick is quite honestly, like Pierre-Luc Dubois level production. This guy is an attacking beast. He's a great center. Uh, he's been doing it for many years, uh, a little bit under the radar. I think Schmaltz has quietly become one of Arizona's most consistent scorers. And, uh, you know, I don't know that he's gotten a ton of recognition, but now that people are kind of talking about, you know, maybe he, him being on the market, suddenly a team like the Jets actually makes reasonable amounts of sense. He's got like 37 points in 42 games this year, almost a point per game. And when you think about the fact that he's doing it on the Yotes, which isn't exactly a team ripe uh, with a lot of talent, suddenly you realize the Jets might have uh, a really sleeper option here. Now, what kind of trade package would you even think about? Well, it is going to easily involve Chaz, probably Lambert, you know, maybe one or two of those sort of caliber of prospects. Maybe you look at another first um, and probably some other draft picks in there. I don't know, maybe a second and a third or something. I'm sure Arizona would ask the moon because you've got two players who have term and are under contract control at a reasonable cap hit, especially for the value that they bring. And so for the Jets, I think the biggest challenge is not just the futures, right? I mean, I mean that's obvious, but what would be a, a bit of an issue is figuring out how to deal with Neil Pionk. We all love Pionk's contributions. We know that he's a really fun player, but if we're being honest, he just hasn't been able to live up to the price tag. And I think we all know that if you swap him out for even an average two-way defender, you'd probably see an overall improvement on the back end because defensively, most of the rest of the, the Jets team isn't so bad. Like the blue line core for Winnipeg is livable, at times even good. Sandberg's been great. Morrissey, while defensively having one of the worst years of his career, is offensively exploding. Dylan DeMello is still bringing a very serviceable impact. Nate Schmidt, not been bad. Um, Brendan Dillon's still a defensive monster. So this blue line really only has one weak link, and if the Jets kind of change that out, suddenly Winnipeg looks to be even more dangerous. But Schmaltz would also solve Winnipeg's bigger question about how you replace Pierre-Luc Dubois. Not that Schmaltz is going to be the same kind of player and bring the same level of impact, but I think he will still be pretty beastly. So, you know, with the Jets kind of exploring that, what does that mean for Timo Meyer? Are Winnipeg, is Winnipeg really just out on Meyer? Is he not really going to be uh, a Jet down the road? We'll talk about that and why maybe he was never destined for Winnipeg in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. They let you bet on everything from money lines to point scores to even the number of threes drained. Maybe you're a big uh, LeBron James fan and you want to bet on what he's going to finish the season at, you know, points totals, where you think his career milestone record is going to be. 
Maybe you want to bet on, you know, the number of threes Steph Curry is going to keep draining. Maybe you want to bet on the Celtics to win yet another championship. No matter what, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official uh, sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are continuing our discussion of uh, the, the the unfolding trade market around you know the NHL and where the Jets have kind of found themselves sitting because obviously Winnipeg is not one of those teams that I think is as aggressive at uh, the trade deadline as a lot of other teams, and we've seen some very interesting moves recently. We just saw a huge one, Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway being traded to the Boston Bruins. In exchange, um, the Caps have gotten some some big picks back, like a first rounder, a third rounder, and then like a second round uh, from a future draft. I think Minnesota retains some salary. And of course, uh, Craig Smith also going back to the Caps. But really, the biggest thing is um, Washington moving Orlov and Hathaway, two very important players. Orlov especially. So the trade market seems to be pretty crazy. Uh, Winnipeg obviously is going to be in the market to make some major moves. But the one that I think a lot of us were hoping for, Timo Meyer, feels, I would say, increasingly distant. Uh, you know, I, I was really hyped for Meyer. I thought that maybe he would be the guy that the Jets could really rely upon, maybe be um, a bit of a franchise savior. But unfortunately, it feels like uh, Meyer is destined for other shores. And it's not because I think the Jets necessarily are a bad landing spot. I just feel like, you know, with Carolina and New Jersey really hammering home um, the, the fact that they have assets to make this deal. Suddenly, it feels like the Jets might be a little bit more on the outside looking in. Apologies for the the skips. We're uh, having a little bit of an allergy attack. Um, But like I was saying, you know, for the Jets, I think Winnipeg is going to make a very serious offer. But I feel like the number of links that we've had to Meyer, as well as the increasing discussion around Chikrin, Schmaltz, maybe even Lawson Krause, uh, Nick Bugstad, uh, Bugstad, other players like this, suddenly it feels like the Jets are, are kind of telling us in so many words, They've seriously inquired about Meyer, and the price is just not at a level where the Jets feel comfortable, right? Because the the single biggest thing with Meyer isn't so much the initial price tag, it's the extension process. And if the Jets feel like Meyer is not going to resign here, they're not going to trade for him. The only reason that you give up a Cole Perfetti, uh, a Chaz Lucius, a Brad Lambert, it's because you're looking for more than just a rental. And if that's all Meyer sees himself being for the Jets... Winnipeg probably would be, I wouldn't say um, wise to to walk away from it, but at least it's an understandable precaution. As a rental, I still love Timo Meyer because then you can trade his rights if things really don't work out. But 
By the same token, I can also understand why maybe the Jets are a little bit more hesitant, especially if Chikrin and Schmaltz, you could get at a similar price. Now, I think that trade package would obviously cost more to me. Uh, I think you're getting a really premium offensive blue liner and a great top six forward. So, you know, for that much bang for your buck, especially with several years of term and uh, a reasonable cap hit, I just feel like the Jets are going to have to pony up pretty big, big time. And I, I don't mind that so much, you know, so long as the Jets are serious about contending within the, the, like the next, I would say, two to three years. I think, you know, this window, as long as Hellebuck still remains elite and still is dominant in his, you know, current form, you have to really go for it. Uh, I've said it before. I mean, for the Jets, this is probably one of the most important seasons in recent memory, which I know sometimes I've said in other years, but this one, especially <clears throat> with the new coaching staff, you know, no Paul Maurice, a new assistant coaching staff, and Connor Hellebuck putting on a Vesna level season. Suddenly you look at the, the next two years and the fact that the Jets are going to be losing a lot of players to free agency or uh, having to sign really big contract extensions that's going to eat up cap space. You know, Winnipeg only has a couple of years of flexibility here where they can do some damage at the trade deadline and really make some acquisitions. So like I said at the top of the episode, uh, for, for Winnipeg, it really is now or never. This is kind of, for me, the season where, you know, if, if Shovel Dayoff really wants to cement his legacy with this Jets team and show that he's serious about turning Winnipeg from a, a team that's, you know, generally been positioned as a mid-table, uh, sometimes even bottom feeder team, this is the, the, the most important March 1st ever for the Jets. And, you know, one year we got Paul Stastny. That was an amazing surprise. Do I think we're going to have another big surprise? I don't know. I suspect whatever happens will probably be telegraphed in advance. But, you know, for the Jets, this is a critical time. And we'll dive into some other players the Jets might be after in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up really quickly with some final thoughts on players. The Jets might be pursuing, maybe not players that I would necessarily pick, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets were after them. Uh, one of the biggest names that remains on the trade market that Winnipeg has been linked to before and maybe even had some scouts in attendance for is uh, Gavrikov from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Gavrikov for me is just not the kind of player that I would really be spending a first plus on. He's a solid two-way defender, a guy that I think would immediately supplant Neil Pionk in terms of being a, a reliable second-pair defender. But offensively, you know, Gavrikov just doesn't really bring enough. And when you look at his overall game and, and what the Jets kind of have asked the, the blue line to do this year, you know, Gavrikov's not a bad player. That's not really the problem. It's more like I, I think the Jets need someone who's more offensively ambitious, more aggressive, more creative in possession. That's why if I had a choice like, you know, a, a Chikrin versus a Gavrikov, of course I'm picking Chikrin. I mean, Jakob just makes so much more sense for the Jets. I think that there's a natural congruency there, and I think he would fill a major need. Gavrikov, a little bit less sure of. Uh, can't say I'm a huge fan of, of trading for a player who, uh, you know, might be a more modest upgrade on the second pairing and most likely would end up on the third pairing anyways especially for the price that the Blue Jackets are asking, which to me, for what he brings, is pretty extortionate. Not surprised. 
uh, you know, maybe we we overvalue draft picks and all. But given that, I I still think Gavrikov's price just doesn't really track with what the Jets should be willing to give up for a player who can move the needle. Luke Shen apparently is also on the verge of being traded, and I was kind of okay with Shen. I thought he would have been fine as like a third pairing defender for the Jets, maybe even a second pairing guy if Pionk got moved and Shen came in instead. But I don't think Shen's actually coming to the Jets. It doesn't seem like that is necessarily the move. I don't know what it is, but I'm starting to think this whole uh, Chikrin and Schmaltz thing with a number of people that have picked up on it and are continually talking about it in the media. I'm starting to think the Jets are tipping their hand as to what they're really interested in. But then again, the Jets have often done this. And like, what was it? Broussard that one year from the Sens. Uh, and then what? Broussard went to the the, uh, the Knights and the Jets instead got Paul Stastny within hours. So, you know, maybe Winnipeg is doing a, a bit of uh, gamesmanship here. Maybe their true objective is somebody else. I don't really know for certain. But what I can tell you is that I am somewhat nervous, but also very excited. I think this trade deadline could be really transformative for the franchise. This could be uh, a year that we'll really write down in the Jets history books as something where, you know, for the first time, maybe Winnipeg can really put itself on the map. Uh, you know, the, the 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 initial run for the cup that fell short against Vegas, Winnipeg ended up kind of getting relegated to a footnote, even though they were the best team in the league that year. Uh, thanks to the Knights just being a truly special story. And then the Caps finally busting their cup curse. You know, Winnipeg kind of got, you know, screwed a little bit, which is crazy because the Jets had never had a team that good. We haven't seen a Jets team that good since then. Uh, and it, it really sucks because that Jets team was one of the best teams of the last 10 to 15 years to not win a cup. So uh, I guess we own uh, some pretty fun distinctions. We always seem to have you know, milestone career markers for other players. I guess for the Jets, the career milestone is best team to not win a cup. Um, but, you know, all that said, it is what it is. Hockey is a game of chaos and storylines. And maybe after March 1st, the Jets are going to have their own Cinderella story to, to write. But it is going to take some more action from the front office. And I suspect that there will be some heartache and pain ahead for us Jets fans who are attached to prospects or maybe even some fan favorite players. Let me know in the comments below which players you really don't want to see the Jets let go. Maybe it's Cole Perfetti. Maybe it's Chaz Lucius or Brad Lambert. Tell me who you would you know, tolerate these trades for and what you think Winnipeg will do in just a couple of days. Do you think they'll actually jump the gun? Personally, I'm thinking Winnipeg uh, is going to try and hold up for as long as possible to maybe negotiate a lower price. But I wouldn't be shocked if you know this Chikrin and Schmaltz deal kind of comes a little bit earlier. I know Schmaltz maybe wasn't the sexiest trade target name, but I think if you get him, Chikrin, and maybe one other player like, say, I don't know, Max Domi from the, the Hawks, you went from a team that is reasonably okay but very top-heavy to suddenly having an extremely deep attacking top nine with some real potential to do serious damage uh, as the Jets run down to the playoffs. So Winnipeg, they've already got the Vezina caliber goalie. They've already got an elite number one defender. They've got a great top six. It's now filling in those gaps for this year that could really be the difference between the Jets, you know, maybe advancing two rounds and maybe going to a Stanley Cup final. But I'm, you know, getting ahead of myself here. We still have a few days left before, and I will update you with all of the coverage and analysis as the Jets start to make their trades and acquisitions. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. 
We will be back here tomorrow with uh, maybe some game recaps and stuff. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the Isles game, so maybe I'll dive into that footage and see what I can find. But like I said for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. We will see you here back tomorrow. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.